0: Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? This is Supriya Mehra, your mortgage advisor, and you're listening to the Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. More people than ever are building generational wealth through real estate. And on this show, I sit down with some of the top real estate agents, lawyers, accountants, and investors to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies that they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. Are you considering buying your dream home or exploring investment opportunities in the real estate market in 2024? Navigating the complexities of property acquisition can be very challenging, and especially for next year. And that's why I want to offer you a chance to schedule a one-on-one call. And uh, what's in it for you? Well, you'll be getting personalized advice on the best strategies for purchasing an investment property, or your primary residence in 2024. Along with that, insights into the current real estate market trends and predictions for the upcoming year, and last but not the least, tailored recommendations based on your unique goals and financial situation. What you have to do is simply click on the calendar link provided on the show notes and book your complimentary consultation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. I'm your host Supriya Mera and today we're diving into the world of smart financial planning with a focus on minimizing taxes, especially when it comes down to owning investment properties. But before we start the show, quick information about free resources that are available on the show notes. I've included for you a 32-page mortgage guide that includes All that you need to know about mortgages, what are different terms, what are the penalties, how are they calculated, what you need to know other than the rate conversation. And the second document is a pre-approval checklist when buying a property or your first property. If you want to learn more, head on to the show notes and simply download these two resources that are currently available. Now let's move on to the show. Joining us today is seasoned tax accountant, Fatty Samuel, a guru in navigating the complex terrain of tax regulations and uncovering hidden opportunities for savings. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just getting started, this episode is your go-to guide for tax efficiencies. As we gear up for the upcoming tax season, we'll be having more shows talking specifically about tax strategies. Our expert today, however, will reveal the secrets to getting your financial house in order. From exploring tax saving opportunities to preparing for a smooth tax season, we have got you covered. So grab your notebooks and get ready to turn your tax season into a tax saving season. Without further ado, let's welcome our tax savvy accountant to Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. Hi, Fadi. Thank you so much for joining me today at Canadian Real Estate 101 Podcast. How are you?
1: Very good, Supriya. Thanks for having me. How are you?
0: I am doing wonderful. Can't complain. And uh, I'm excited to have you on today. There's a lot of stuff that uh, I have questions about, and I'm sure our listeners will find this conversation quite helpful but before we get into our couple of topics that we're going to talk about, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do, who you help, and uh, where are you located?
1: Thank you. Uh, thanks again for having me on. Looking forward to this conversation. We represent uh, My Accounting and Income Tax Inc. located at 2447 Young Street. Uh, that's in the Yonge and Eglinton area. Uh, we specialize in accounting for small business, accounting for individuals, and uh, accounting for uh, individuals with um, business activities such as rental properties, investments, and so on.
0: Great. How long have you been doing it for?
1: Uh, the company has been established uh, since 2008.
0: Okay. Wow. That's uh, about 15 years in business now. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. All right, so um, Fanny, I think my first question is that if somebody has, uh, say, long-term rental properties under their names, what are some of the expenses that we can claim in our personal tax returns from CRA perspective?
1: Uh, okay, so if you have long-term, or uh, if you're holding units for for a long period, you could claim uh, a lot of expenses. So you could claim your advertising. Uh, Your insurance, um, the mortgage interest, bank charges, office expenses, uh, your accounting fees, any management fees, uh, such as condo fees, or if you have anyone looking after your properties. um, Also repair maintenance. Uh, Some people who own multiple properties have individuals uh, that they pay a monthly stipend, sort of like a salary. Uh, You could deduct that. Uh, Property tax utilities, uh, also your personal travel to visit, uh, your properties, uh, that's including, uh, motor vehicle, uh, expenses. And the way we do that is we calculate the kilometers and then we could, uh, deduct that, that as an expense
0: Okay. And the so- major,
1: uh, these are the common expenses for rental properties.
0: The utilities, just to be clear, if you are paying the utilities, you will be able to clean that expense. However, in a lot of cases, the tenants are paying utilities. So that would not be part of your expense. Am I correct?
1: That's correct. So any expense, to, any utility expenses uh, that are out of your pocket as a landlord.
0: Okay. All right. And say, for example, uh, specifically, I'm thinking about this year and maybe last year as well a lot of people had incurred higher interest expense due to the rise in variable interest in their monthly payments or whatever the amount was during that year. So say, for example, if they have a loss for a specific property or all their portfolio and they're earning a T4 income, will they be able to reduce their... Income uh, and take that um, impact on their taxes? Like, how does that work out? Or is it just balanced out at zero and you're not able to carry over those losses? How does that work out?
1: Um, so, yes. Uh, and we've been seeing that a lot last year because a lot of people had a lot of more, or the mortgage interest uh, was much higher for them than in previous years, especially the landlords who had variable interest. Uh, So you would, if you end up having a net loss on your investment property, it would reduce your taxable earnings because when you're, when you own a property, it is, um, we're we're calculating your overall tax perspective. So what, what your net taxable earnings are. So for example, if you made a hundred thousand dollars in your employment income and you end up losing $10,000 from your rental, then your net taxable earnings are $90,000, and that's what you're taxed for.
0: Right. Um, And that's something that, you know, obviously it's not, uh, overall picture is not in your favor, but from tax perspective, it definitely helps um, to, you know, reduce your income and overall reducing your tax obligation as well. Now, moving along, are there any different expenses that we can claim for, say, for example, if somebody is uh, doing a short-term rental? Other than these expenses that you mentioned, would there be anything else that uh, people can account for?
1: Uh, yeah, so short-term rentals are completely different. So they can be completely different, depend, uh, depends on how they're treated. When we're reporting long-term rentals, we're filling a form, a worksheet called T776, uh, which is a statement of real estate rentals. If you have a uh, short-term rental activity, so if you're operating Airbnb or one of those um, one of those types of businesses, that's treated as business income, or it can be, and that goes into uh, a different worksheet, uh, which is a, called the T2125. That's a statement of business uh, activities. And um, so yes, you could have more deductions because depends. Some people operate, they offer, you know, breakfast, they have um they have furniture, they have uh kitchen uh utensils and whatnot. Uh so you could uh certainly deduct all of that, but also because it's business activities, it's taxed differently. Uh mainly if you're earning more than thirty thousand dollars, you're no longer considered a small supplier, and HST comes into effect. Um, So that you become a registrant of uh, the Excise Tax Act and then you're subject to HST and the property is also subject to HST.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then the accounting becomes a little bit complicated, especially if you have more than one unit. Like it's not just your primary residence that you're putting out for Airbnb, maybe some days, but... Uh, you have a cottage or a couple more properties, then, in my opinion, or help me, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really considered as a business activity and it's slightly different compared to uh, definitely, you know, if it was a long term uh, rental that you're carrying.
1: That's correct. It's a different filing uh, altogether. So you become uh, sort of like a sole proprietor. Mm hmm. And, uh, and then we report all the business activities, the income, the expenses, and, and all the fees that you would pay as well to uh, any parties that rent it out for you.
0: Okay. Now, the tax season is coming up. Uh, before we know, it will be April end, and uh, we will be ready to file our taxes, hopefully before that time. What are some of the tips that you'd like to share with our listeners today that can help them? Organize their taxes a little bit better.
1: Oh, so certainly speak to your tax uh, professionals, your accountants uh, during tax season, well, well ahead of the tax filing deadline. See if there's any tax planning opportunities that you could take advantage of. Um, RSPs, uh, max out your RSPs, max out your FHSA's when possible. Um, look for uh, for these types of uh, sheltered deductions. Uh, if you're property uh, owners, uh, certainly uh, get organized. I always suggest uh, opening separate bank accounts and keeping your book separate from your personal, especially if you have multiple rentals. If you own rental properties, uh, certainly keep uh, clean books and records. Uh, track your receipts. Uh, if you have multiple rental properties, I always suggest using uh, software like QuickBooks, uh, Self-Employed, or Zero. Uh, These are all all always good repositories for you to track your income and your expenses.
0: In terms of the receipts, what's the best way to organize these receipts? And my understanding is that we need to keep a track or these records, whatever we are claiming in terms of expenses or revenue for seven years. Is that right?
1: Uh, That's correct. So we keep uh, records for seven years. Uh, CRE could... uh, Normally, we ask CRE to destroy our records uh, because if they find something, uh, then they could go back 10 years. Oh, and That could be very difficult as well because most banks don't keep statements for past eight years. Yeah. Uh, so definitely keep, uh, keep good records. Uh, some of the things you want to accurately categorize your expenses.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: So, for example, if um, if I had uh, some office expenses, I want to be I want to keep the receipts for those office expenses and categorize what it was. Meaning, if I had to buy paper or any kind of uh, supplies, uh, also professional fees, management fees, um, repair and maintenance. Uh, repair and maintenance is the usual expense for rental and properties. Yep. Uh, you know, especially if you have a property for a long time, you're gonna chances are you might put a new roof on it. You might. Repair some water damage, some appliance repairs. So always keep uh, clean records of that. Uh, also if you are claiming HSD. If um, so now if you're if you're operating a small business and if you're if you're claiming the HSD expense, uh, you should always keep the HST number.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, there are ways for you to verify that it is an active HSD number because CRA will disallow an HST. Uh, input tax credit if it's not an active HST number that you paid.
0: Okay. So you mean in terms of the vendor, whoever you have paid needs to have obviously a valid HST number. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. It's best practice when a vendor invoices you and collects HST, their HST number needs to be present on that invoice.
0: Yes. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Sounds good. Now, what if there is a transaction and I'm speaking out of experience here, what if there's a transaction that is going from that separate account that you've mentioned for the rental properties, but there is no receipt for it? What's your recommendation on that? To claim it, to not claim it?
1: So we need, it's, not, it's not wrong to pay cash. We need to have record, whether it's an email, something supporting that transaction.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Because, say, for example, we had a cleaning service that was done. And we paid through an email money transfer. And I have been on this company for at least uh, a month now to send me a receipt. And uh, I am not getting anywhere, unfortunately. So it's one of those things where we have the record of it was paid. We have the back and forth of uh, texts that, yep, you'll come at this time. You're going to clean and all that confirmation that the payment was accepted or received. It's just that I don't have an actual receipt that shows the date of the service, the HST number. Not that I need the HST number at this point, um, but just that record. So do you think those messages back and forth will be sufficient for us to claim that expense?
1: Yeah. So we could use that as a supporting document. Um, I always suggest to also put a, a contract in place
0: for mm-hmm. the
1: supplier, so in, um in case of a uh, Cleaners, yep. right? Janitorial staff, you put a general contract in place. And that contract uh, will say, for example, we'll pay you X amount of dollars for every visit you make. So, in the event of uh, of an inquiry by CRA, we would supply them with a the contract. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would supersede a receipt for each payment. I don't okay. know if have, You would have an agreement in place.
0: For sure. Now, uh, yeah, if you have an Airbnb or short-term rental, then I get it. You would have uh, that specific agreement in place. But I suppose if you have a long-term tenancy and uh, if this is a one-time expense, then a contract might not be in place since it's a one-time transaction. So in that scenario, definitely try to have a receipt um, for a better bookkeeping And, you know, proving of correct expenses are being claimed to support yourself. Now, what items do you think most of the people forget to include in their tax returns? What are some of the common things that you've been noted, you've noticed in the past?
1: Well, I mean, over COVID, a lot of people were working from home and, um, you know, most people or some people are going back to work. If you're still working from home, you're eligible for home office expense. Uh, so speak to your tax professional and take advantage um, of that because if you're sharing your house with your work, uh, then we can deduct certain expenses. For rental properties, a lot of people uh, forget to claim, for example, their, uh, their car allowances, especially during periods where you had to uh, take on some renovations. So mm-hmm. all the trips that you make to uh, Home Depot and hardware store and uh, meeting with contractors, uh, track your kilometers because these are good uh, the deductions to t- to take.
0: Okay, so in terms of tracking the kilometers, just an Excel sheet with the start of the odometer, uh, number of kilometers uh, traveled, what days, dates, and timings, is that sufficient?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's efficient. Uh, exactly where you went, uh, the date and the kilometer. Uh, there are apps as well. So for people who use their cars frequently uh, for uh, for business, uh, then you could uh, you could use some apps like Mile IQ or uh, QuickBooks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I have to say, just uh, make sure you're using an app with a reputable developer, um, and then do some research and make sure that that app. Doesn't track or doesn't expose your privacy in the background.
0: Do you have a recommendation of any specific app?
1: Uh, Mile IQ is uh, frequently used as well as uh, QuickBooks.
0: I've Has heard it. about both. Hacks. Yeah, obviously, QuickBooks is something that we use in uh, our business, but uh, Mile IQ, I've definitely heard of. Okay, fantastic. Perfect. Any final tips that you'd like to share so that people are better prepared and not feel anxious when the tax time is coming up?
1: Uh, Yes, speak to tax professionals well ahead of tax season. There's no such thing as too much tax planning. And if you've put a plan in place, I was recently speaking to a client uh, who has put a plan in place. Eight years ago, and she was just going with the status quo. And that plan uh, was great at the time when her children were very young. But, um, you know, now they're, they're older, they're teenagers and uh, her CCB has changed and everything has to be revisited. So put in a tax plan and then evaluate it often, track everything and then explore with your tax professional all of the eligible, um, deductions you can even open a tax form yourself and uh, look at all the different worksheets there are some home office expenses that you can claim auto expenses if you use your car for work and of course make sure that your work supports that and then in terms of rentals definitely look at all the available uh, expenses that you can take advantage of
0: okay perfect If somebody wants to reach out to you and uh, chat about their specific situation, what's the best number or email if you'd like to share? What's the best way to reach out to you?
1: Uh, Thank you. My email is fatty, it's spelled F-A-D-Y at miaccounting.ca. And our office is at 647-727-9684.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Fatty. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me, Supri. I enjoyed the chat.
0: Thank you. Take care. All right. As we wrap up today's episode on tax saving strategies for investment properties, I wanted to extend a big thank you to our expert tax accountant, Fadi Sano, for sharing invaluable insights. Your guidance on minimizing taxes and preparing for the tax season is a game changer for our listeners. To our audience, our listeners, I hope you found today's discussion both informative and empowering. If you have any questions or want some specific topics or details to be covered in the future shows, feel free to reach out to me and um, share your thoughts. Check out the show notes for additional resources that are currently available. Remember, the key for financial success is not just earning money, but keeping more of it in your pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review. Your feedback is very important to us. And as we continue bringing you top-notch content, it helps us figure out what kind of guests, what kind of topics you'd love to cover. Stay tuned for more in-depth discussions on financial strategies, investment tips, and expert insights. Until next time, this is Supriya Mera signing off from Canadian Real Estate One Hundred and One Podcast. Wishing you a tax savvy and financially prosperous journey ahead. Take it.